Hey everybody, welcome to I Wish I Was Dead. It is the afternoon of June 25th, and if you're like me, you are celebrating. In the background, maybe you can hear the fireworks, the jubilation, the marching bands, just the just the unworldly joy in the streets because um, the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor are in jail. They are awaiting a sentence, which is hopefully the death sentence. Um, the guys who, the monsters who shot Ahmaud Arbery are in there with them. And so were the cops that killed Elijah McClain. He was the young boy who uh, was killed in Denver back in August because he was wearing a ski mask, even though it was very cold and he had all these problems and it brought him comfort. All of those things have happened. Wait, no. None of those things have happened, but the Dixie Chicks changed their name. I mentioned this on the podcast last week about how the Dixie Chicks were probably going to be next. They changed their name. And then they change it to something cool and, I don't know, fun-sounding? No. They just got rid of the word Dixie. So now they're just called the Chicks, which somehow sounds more sexist than the Dixie Chicks. So the Dixie Chick, nothing has happened, by the way. Um, one officer, that one of the three officers that killed Breonna Taylor has been fired. I don't believe he's been arrested. The other two, they're out as free people. I'm not sure what's going on with the men who killed Ahmaud Arbery and Elijah McClain. Uh, he has a GoFundMe up, which has uh, a goal that is only at like 20% right now. Um, this is a problem. This is what This is what the left does. There's an outstanding issue, something that could truly change society, history, culture for the better, such as Black Lives Matter and police reform. Something as basic as treating black people like human beings and not treating the police like a military faction, like judge, jury, and executioner those are real issues that need to be addressed. And instead, because it's hard to do those things, because things like things that work aren't always cool and fun for Elizabeth Warren type Democrats. Burning down a police station, that gets a couple people noticing your your cause. Smashing the window of a T Mobile hurts no one, you know, unless they're employees are in there and they don't get to steal all the phones that's what i if you're gonna loot a place let the people that work there steal first that's that's polite it's not even stealing at this point they've been stealing from us if you if you just go into a target and walk out with a tv i don't even think they can arrest you at this point so i'm going to encourage everyone to go do that i'm doing what the left is doing i'm getting distracted by little things the big change, the things that need to happen are hard. And it's easy to do things like tweet the words, punch a Nazi in the face. But you know what actually makes a difference? Punching a Nazi in the face. The left, I think, came face to face with these very real, stark realities of dangerous 
things that are not they're not going to get covered on the news the way that they want them to the news is a drama machine and you know they want to get the footage of a stray person getting beaten up for the wrong reasons at a protest they want to get the crazed shopkeeper chasing after people with the they they are all about drama they don't care about you they don't care about any cause and the left is so thin-skinned that once they realized that, they started attacking things that can't attack back. So that's why statues are getting pulled down. That's why TV shows are uh, getting ripped off of streaming services. That's why uh, bands like the Dixie Chicks are changing their names because that's, I don't know if you realize, but that's infighting. The creators of Big Mouth, that's a cartoon on Netflix. I've never watched it because the animation looks horrible. Like, the character design is fucking disgusting. Maybe it's funny, I don't know. But uh, Jenny Slate, who I believe is white, uh, was voicing a biracial character. And she quit saying that uh, biracial characters should be voiced by biracial people. Sure, uh, if that's a personal decision you want to make, that's fine. Um, she quit because of guilt from the left, not wanting, or, you know, to get her good boy points up. That's not a real issue. No one, call your black friend up and go, hey, I know you're happy because the Dixie Chicks changed their name. And your black friend is going to go, actually, I would prefer to not get killed walking around in a hoodie. But thanks for uh, changing the name of this band I thought broke up seven years ago. What are we doing? Is there the, the solution to this is to keep hammering at it. And I guess just watch the people fall off the wayside. You know, the underwear selfies have come back. Um, I haven't seen as many people scolding each other about if they're doing their homework right, if they're reading the right books, if they're watching the right documentaries. People, uh, white people, I, I suppose is the way to say it, have, have basically gone back to being normal online. And because of this like pent-up frustration of not getting attention for two weeks, now they're very mad at comedians and... Um, and television shows, podcasts, all the entertainment industry is being targeted heavily right now by bored white people that are upset that for three months they've been at home and for the last two weeks they haven't gotten the most attention online. It's a really shitty place to be and I don't I don't really have a solution. You know, this podcast I feel like it used to be just me coming on and being like uh, I went to the bank and the, you know, the pin was chained to the thing and I wanted to kill myself. The, the, this podcast used to be me just going places and then coming back here and complaining about it. And now it's me pontificating from my ivory tower, my ivory horse, from my ivory horse that was modeled after the statue Teddy Roosevelt was sitting on. That was a thing. The Teddy Roosevelt statue is getting taken down. It was not ripped down by protesters. People agreed to it. I believe it was privately owned. And people, 
the statue looks weird. Uh, I, I do like Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I say that as if I'm a learned man, but the simple fact of the matter is Ken Burns did a documentary series on the Roosevelts, and I watched 20 fucking hours about the Roosevelts. And at that point, when you're a dumb guy like me and you invest 20 hours in something, you just, you have to like it no matter what. You're going to pretend to, even if you really didn't. Uh, But the statue itself, it did look odd. There was big fat Teddy Roosevelt on a horse and then on either side was a Native American and a black person. And, you know, just like visual hierarchy, I could see why that looks out of place it's um the term colonialism was getting thrown around and i don't know too much about that uh but yeah it did look weird you know i've i've talked about statues before i think it would have been really funny if they got rid of teddy and then just left the horse there and the and the two guys just changed the sign name to native american man and black guy hanging out with their friend Francis the talking mule and if you don't if you don't tune into this podcast to hear references to a Mr. Ed ripoff which I believe was in the late 50s about a talking mule in relation to colonialism then I don't know why you're tuning in at all today has been quite the day online it's really just white people wilding out because of this lack of attention I saw a tweet earlier that said to make a post-it note of all of your POCs, friends, Venmos, and cash apps, and to to memorize their cash app names. Seems a little, seems a lot patronizing, you know? Not every POC friend I have needs money. You know, I'd say for the most part, knowing a lot of people in entertainment, most of them are doing all right. Sure, you know, send send your send your black friends, send your brown friends money so you feel better at night. That's like uh, Al Gore's uh, carbon tax thing. You know, Al Gore lived in, um, of course, a mansion's not even, it's like a castle with several mansions around it. He has like a, the fucking Hoover Dam in his backyard. You know, I'm sure he's got several different private jets. And old Robo Gore was like, hey, it's not sure my place might use up as much electricity and gas and everything as a small city, but I'm paying these carbon credit taxes. And that is where you just, there are reparations for living like a king, I suppose. I don't know who gets the money. Do you go... And do you pull a Jesse in Breaking Bad where you go and throw the money on everyone's doorstep? You find out who's in Greenpeace or like uh, Earth. What was the there was an environmental group that Ted Kaczynski was in. I think it was called like Earth First. Like he's going to go and go, hey, the Ted Kaczynski group, here's a million dollars. So I don't feel bad driving around in two Hummers taped together. Can we cancel something that matters? Let's, you know, maybe it falls into body positivity, but just being at home all the time and staring at myself in a mirror as I get older and fatter and balder and stupider, let's cancel 
let's cancel good looks. Can we do that? Because I'm not on the right side of history anymore. I, it has gone downhill. I am, uh, I am looking in this mirror like fucking the old lady at the end of Titanic, you know, staring into the jewel or whatever. Just like, oh, God, remember when? Remember when eating a lifesaver didn't make you gain 10 pounds? Remember, and I think all of my, all of, I'm doing what I complained about earlier in the podcast. I, there are real issues in the world, and I'm like, I don't have abs anymore because I went to rallies. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. That's the new slogan of the podcast. We're going to cancel hair. Having a thick, luxurious head of hair is now ableist. So all you fucking Italians out there, all all my Jewish friends with a those gorgeous non-Gentile locks, we're coming for you, and we're going to get you. I'm sorry to be so heavy and awful up front. I just want to talk about, you know, trying to get my dick sucked at the bank, whatever the fuck you do. I don't know why I think the bank is always so funny. That's my go-to place of just cahoots. <laughs> uh, what have you been doing? Have you been? Have you pledged to not call the police? That was a story. Uh, I got sent an article, and I thought it was going to be like the you know like on the Drudge Report or Infowars, just because of the tone and the title. It's actually on Yahoo. It was about a white uh, hippie community in Minneapolis who have agreed collectively to stop calling the police. And I guess after they made that agreement to make themselves feel good, if you can agree to not call the police, you probably live in like a gated community where you would never need them for any reason. So it's just another way of patting yourself on the back. Uh, The story... I guess after they agreed to never call the police again, a homeless encampment was driven there. I guess some of the protests and stuff, you know, fucked up the downtown. This this is in Minneapolis, and maybe the police, like, cordoned off some sections of downtown where homeless people lived, and they had to find a new place to go. And they went to this neighborhood. I guess there's a park in the neighborhood, and now there's a, a large homeless community there. And unfortunately, a side effect of homeless communities are things like um, drugs being sold. Uh, I, I lived uh, when I lived in Hollywood. Um, I lived in this shitty apartment building um, that was either immigrant families or comedians that had just moved there from Idaho. And there was like a section of chain length fence on the side of the building, and it turned into a shanty town. Um, People like put up tarps to make like a solid fence around the chain link fence, and then it became uh, a chop shop. And that meant that people who were stealing bicycles were bringing them there all hours, and uh, people were buying the bicycles, getting the parts. I don't know if they were selling them for scraps or dealing with bicycles, but that is like an actual criminal activity that that I had seen happen in kind of a similar scenario. So I'm sure that that was happening to some degree to these people that live in this no police zone and the story progresses and people are out walking with their kids, getting guns pointed at them, you know, their cars are getting stolen, their houses are getting broken into 
and they're saying that they're not going to call the cops. And you can look at that two ways. You can go, yeah, that's fine. Don't call the cops. Have the cops ever fucking helped anybody? Have you ever been robbed, broke your house broken into, your car stolen, you called the cops, and they're like, hey, we found it. We fixed it. Uh, no, they just show up. They shrug their shoulders, and then they accuse you of smelling like marijuana. And that's for white people. If you're black and you call the cops, they show up. They think that you're the person that you called the cops on, and then they shoot you. So maybe don't call the cops. Maybe there is a way to make a community work without calling the cops. I I think there certainly could be. And I think that goes back to another point I said before of the left need to protect themselves to some degree. You know, take take a self-defense course. Learn how to use a handgun. Buy some pepper spray. If you're a woman, definitely look into a rad class. Um, Rad classes, R-A-D-D. You can look them up online. I used to help teach one in Monroe, Louisiana. It is rape defense. It is actual self-defense. It's not this fucking karate shit. It is real things like using your car keys, using your nails, what to do, what to say. Um, Learn how to do that. And that goes a long way in protecting your community and yourself. But my point is that these people in this neighborhood are now terrified to live there. They're sticking to their pledge to not calling the police. So what they're doing is reverse gentrification. And I'm sure that's exactly how they're going to put it, too. They're going to say, well, I realized that I was gentrifying this neighborhood. And then whenever this neighborhood started to get a little, little more rough and tumble... I decided to ungentrify it by moving back to the suburbs. This is what we're going to start seeing. It's going to be it's going to be presented as anti-racist. It's going to be white people saying, "I I yield." <laughs> whatever the fuck they say in uh, the Hunger Games, you know, I repent or whatever the fuck. I mean, like you can have this house back, but I'm not giving it up because I'm scared. I'm giving it up because I've realized the error of my ways, and now I want some of them good boy points. So I'm going to go move to Metairie. I'm going to go move to Round Rock. I am out of here, baby. But just remember, this is... It's the gentrification version of carbon credits at that point. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't had any good experiences with cops. I was thinking about this. And, you know, when you hear a white person or really any, like, you know, wealthy person of in, in a certain place and location and demographic talk about the police, it's always like, well, you know, my neighbor's a cop and uh, we wave at each other when we get the mail. But a lot of people, that's that's not the case. I remember once I was, I think I was 19, and I was uh, driving down to Alexandria, Louisiana. It was like a two-hour drive. And uh, to see a girlfriend, at that time I was 18 or 19, so what year is it, 2004, I think, 2005, I don't know. And uh, I had really long hair, I had shoulder-length hair, and uh, maybe you young guys don't know this, but skinny jeans weren't really a thing until like 2008, 2009. I'm saying that in that they didn't exist for men, so what we would do is we would wear girls' jeans. And that's really what they were originally called, girl pants, um, in like 2004, 
2003-2004, we called them girl pants. They were girls' pants, and we'd wear them, and they looked stupider than a regular man's skinny jean, but it was all we had at the time. And I was wearing those, you know, I'm sure I had, like, a couple of fingernails painted, etc. And uh, I get pulled over by the cops in this place that's notorious for getting, like, they hide behind a sign and they pull over anybody going one mile over the speed limit. And uh, having turned uh, 18, I guess within the year or so, when I was 18, I went and I bought cigarettes and I bought uh, cigars and I bought Swisher Sweets. I didn't smoke and I didn't really know anybody that did, but I just turned 18 and I wanted to do that. And I didn't understand, like, the counterculture regarding Swisher Sweets is that they get cut open and used as blunts a lot of the time. So I just put them in my glove box and, you know, never smoked them. If I was giving, like, somebody a ride home from work and they wanted a cigarette, I'd give them one, that kind of thing. And I get pulled over by this cop and he asks if he can check my car, you know, because I'm going a few miles over the speed limit. I say, sure. Because I don't have anything to hide. I'm not drinking. I'm not drunk. I don't have any drugs. And he opens up the glove box and he finds those swishers. And that's when he claims that he can smell marijuana in the car. Now, at age 19, I had never smelled marijuana. That's not true. The, the first time I smelled marijuana was New Year's Eve, Y2K at Disney World. The French tourists behind us started smoking weed at midnight. And I asked my dad what it was, and he told me it was marijuana. So once I give this man permission to wreck my car, he fucking demolishes it. He is, like, pulling shit out. He's, like, taking the headrest off. I had, like, a bunch of equipment in my trunk, like a bass guitar and an amp and all this shit. And he is pulling all his shit out. It's starting to, like, rain, and he's just... Everything's on the side of the road. He destroys my car. He's got, like, the flashlight in my face, and then he knows I'm high. He knows I've got marijuana. And he says, like, disparaging remarks about my hair and my jeans. You know, he's a good old boy. I get it. And uh, finally, they just they just can't do anything. You know, there's no, I guess there's no DUI check for being high, and there's no weed in the car. Um, so they ripped apart all of my cigarettes looking for it. They trashed you know, my equipment and my shit and delayed me like 45 minutes. But during that whole interaction, I was never worried about getting shot or killed. I'm sure I could have easily gotten beat up, but I never felt like my life was in danger. So, you know, when, when you tell stories like that, there's kind of like a fine line to walk of like, yeah, this isn't good. But also, it could be a lot worse. Um, there's no chance that when when you call the fire department, they're going to show up and kick your ass. I, I hope that all of the fire department... I, if you go to a fire department right now, it better just be celebrate by Cool and the gang blasting out of the garage. And they're all just like doing the moonwalk. And they're like, yeah, everybody likes us again. Everybody's always liked the fire department, but now it's twice as much. Imagine your house being on fire. You call the fire department, and they show up, and they're like, do I smell marijuana? You're going to prison. <laughs> Firefighters, uh, you know, they're cool, man. They, uh, 
according to all of the flyers I've ever seen in Vegas, they're all very handsome and shirtless. You know, they're oiled up. They're mostly Australian. Now, now I'm just getting into fantasy talk. <laughs> so go out and hug a firefighter today. Maybe I'll become one. You know, I don't, there's no future in this. I'm podcasting to three different versions of Travis Bickle at the moment. I'm not going to make any money. Stand-up comedy's never coming back. Not that I made any money in that. I don't know. Most of the jobs I worked were largely like event-based. My day job, I'm a designer. I do web design and stuff. Most of that stuff is for events, you know, like concerts and all these things that are never coming back. So I guess I maybe I could become a firefighter. You know, I sign my name on the sheet. And they're like, okay, immediately people think you're a hero. Now go in there and get your six-pack of abs and we'll take your photo for the calendar in just a little bit. That would be fun. That would be that would be really maybe the only public service job I would do. Have you thanked a garbage man recently? Jesus Christ. You got people that are burning their hands off after they touch a doorknob, and then you have these dudes that are riding on the back of a vehicle from Twisted Metal. They have no PPE. These guys are riding on the back of the fucking clown from Twisted Metal's car. They're nude. The guitar player from uh, Mad Max is back there. And they're just picking up all your shit, your filthy fucking garbage, and they're throwing it in the back, you know, eating an apple while they're doing it. There's also, like, a strike in New Orleans right now because they're not... The, the garbage workers, the sanitation workers are not getting like face mask or gloves. They're not getting hazard pay, any of this shit. The way we treat people is fucking absurd. Imagine if there was just, if all the trash pickup guys were like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We would be sitting in a pile of trash in a fucking week. And instead, since we're Americans and we're cunts, we're just like, yeah, well, that's fine. Oh, you wanted $8 an hour? Fuck you. I don't fucking get it, man. What what is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong with this country? Like I really thought I remember like post 9/11. I was a teenager when 9/11 happened. And afterwards, it seemed like we were getting along a little better, you know, as long as you weren't a brown person, I suppose. I do remember after 9/11, the one Indian kid I knew was like, "Ah, fuck." It's like that's not even the right place, but <laughs> He had to wrap himself in an American flag. Do you remember after 9-11, every single gas station that was owned by a Middle Eastern person? And sorry, Hari Kondabolu, but that is a reality in America, is a lot of convenience stores are POC-owned. How is he going to figure out how to make this about himself? All right, I'm getting way off track. Uh, <laughs> after 9-11, all, any... any foreign owned any 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 poc business they just wrap themselves in the american flag you know they're they've got like a hulk hogan impersonator outside to hang out with the kids and they're like oh with any um we changed the name of gasoline because that invoked like oil in the middle eastern it was called freedom fuel back on 9 12 and if you got two gallons you got to meet macho man randy savage 
but we seemed more united as a nation back then. And I truly don't think we'll ever get there again. And one look at Instagram kind of uh, shows that we are that we are not together. Because the original trial this year was the virus. Oh, we're all going to stick it to the virus. We're all in this together. Now everybody's mad at people wearing masks and not wearing a mask. And we're more divided than ever. Add a pending civil war and, you know, add in Chris D'Elia's special is still on Netflix. And everybody's more divided than they've ever been in their lives. And, uh, you know... At least it won't get better. At least everything will remain bad. There's nothing we can do. I guess you can vote. I, I can't say, really, that if Hillary Clinton was in the White House right now, anything would have changed. There, I, I suppose the pandemic response team would not have been dissolved. However, other countries have those. And most of them are in the same fucking boat we are. I think, if anything, Hillary, you know, could have been more of an apologist for police brutality for the left. You know, I don't know. It feels like, you know, getting rid of the word Dixie and things like that to me. And all of this is to me. What I say is what I think personally. It's not fact. It's not it's not even true most of the time. Dixie is a location, you know, Mason-Dixon line, Dixie. Um, the, the term Dixie became popularized in the song that was, I don't know when the fuck it was. Abraham Lincoln's talking about this song, so it's whenever that was. He said it was, quote, a bop, and then people just started referring to the South as Dixie. And if the South is continues to be uh, made to feel like it's not part of America. You know, when, when the coronavirus numbers in the South were very large, Twitter at as a whole was going, yeah, fuck those idiots in the South. And yeah, there are dumb people here, but there are dumb people everywhere else too. And getting rid of the word Dixie, you know, it, it makes me concerned that, that people are just going to start villainizing the South as a whole. You know, what, what are we going to do? We're going to stop referring to it as the South... We're going to put like a biodome over any anything south of the Mason-Dixon. And then the rest of America, that'll be called Elizabeth Warren land. And then the south will just be called, fuck you, you're Mexico too. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I will suggest that if, if you want a surefire way to make some money right now, run out to your local... Sam Goody, and buy up all the Dixie Chicks CDs. They're going to be collectibles one day. Um, that's it. I know this wasn't that funny. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't, I didn't even want to hit record today, but I, I had no one to talk to. <laughs> that's, that's the most honest I've been on the podcast. Well, I'm doing this because I would like to talk for a long time, and I don't want anyone to respond. Uh, so that's it for me. Um, hey, I'm doing a sports podcast now with my buddy Scott Kushner. It is called Polk and Kush. It's on all the stuff this is on, and uh, it's really fun. We talk about New Orleans sports in a not serious way. A lot of sports podcasts I listen to, they are just people reading an article that you've probably already read on like Yahoo or Bleacher Report, 
and they're just citing boring statistics. Uh, we keep it loose. We keep it fun. It's kind of like this. And uh, if you have any interest in sports, especially New Orleans, uh, there is actually some stuff to talk about, and we get into it. So uh, check it out if you can. It's called Polk and Kush. We're also on Twitter at that name. Uh, thanks so much. I, uh, I appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll see you next week.